Welcome to the Hot Crime Cold Coffee podcast with Pauline and Angie. Each week we bring you new episodes on Wednesdays and Fridays. Each episode includes our favorite coffee that we're drinking, a missing person spotlight, and whatever case we're currently working on. We also have bonus episodes Monday through Friday, daily cup of true crime in 15 minutes or less, where we share trivia, true crime updates and headlines, and fun facts. So join us. Please be sure to follow us on social media for bonus material. Listener discretion is advised due to sensitive and sometimes violent content. Hey there, and welcome to episode 11 of the Hot Crime Cold Coffee podcast. This is part 10 of the Vallow Daybell case, starting in September through the death of the kids, and hopefully we'll get to the death of Tammy Daybell tonight. We've got a lot of stuff that we're currently working on. Um, And we'll get to that in a minute. This episode, as usual, we'll have our featured coffee, our missing person spotlight, any true crime updates or headlines that are in the news, and then the rest of the episode. The episodes from the last couple of days have not been posting properly They all uploaded all at once today for whatever reason. I'm not sure why that is weird. So hopefully that is fixed. I think I'm not going to schedule them because to have them all drop at once is super crazy. And we've got our TikTok going. We've got all of our true crime trivia questions on there. We're working on other videos, but good job, Angie, because I don't know how to do TikTok. I think I'm too old. (laughs) I had to have um, one of my kids show me. So (laughs) to be fair, I mean, I scroll through TikTok a lot. Like I am professional at that, but um, I haven't ever actually posted anything until doing these. So yeah. Well, and I don't watch TikTok. I know my daughter likes to watch it. And good thing my my little guy who's six does not know anything about TikTok because he really likes the YouTube kids shorts. He could watch those for hours. But I spent like 15 minutes this last weekend on TikTok just watching them do like hair extensions for bald guys. what the heck it sucks you in it's an algorithm so it's like it's like whatever like whatever you um like watch all the way through it will start putting those on your for you page so like the guys that sit there and complain oh oh, it's just all these girls shaking their all these young girls shaking their butts uh maybe don't watch those videos all the way through you perv like (laughs) it is an algorithm (laughs) It you just sure told on is. yourself good job <laughs> oh, that's my funny. my for you feed is so random it is so random because of like you know I have a varied interest so it it goes from like hairstyles to like cooking to um you know the occasional firefighter Weird. like <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's such, you know, and then like people that I follow their stuff, like will show up and I mean, it's just, it's so random and it's so weird and I waste so much time on it. It's ridiculous, but I'm also super mean and I don't let my kids have TikTok. So, you know, I'm like, well, you know, I have to do research on it, make sure it's not something that's so not that's, safe for you, but then I still don't let them on it. And that's the funny thing too, is that our kids don't have TikTok. However, they absolutely know how to like run it and post videos. Well, That's my adult, my adult daughter showed me how oh, to do it. Uh, your younger daughter taught me a thing or two the last sure time she, she was here. 
Yeah. Speaking of your youngest daughter, so I get this weird phone call today. (laughs) (laughs) And I look at my phone and I'm like, hello? Hi, this is your other kid, your other daughter. Um, why are you calling from your dad's phone? I'm not calling from my dad's phone. Well, it says James. Oh no, that's my phone. You need to save it in your phone as my other daughter. Okay. (laughs) And then she goes, well, I have you and my phone is other mother. And I'm, I just start laughing because I know, I know there's going to be an ask. And so apparently the kids are planning a surprise birthday party. Oh, hopefully their friend doesn't listen to this. I doubt it. There's no way her mom wants to listen to this. Um, But apparently they're planning a surprise birthday party. Your daughter and my daughter are planning a surprise birthday party for their other friend at my house this weekend. I love their hearts though. Like mm-hmm. they're just, they're just, cause she's, she's sitting there and, and she's like, well, she's not going to have a birthday party. And I was like, why? And she goes, because she's too cool for that now. And I'm sitting there going, okay. I wonder what the real reason is, but okay, whatever. And she goes, do you think we could, we could plan a surprise party for her? I was like, you need to talk to all the adults, not just your friends and make sure that they're communicating with their parents. So you, it's your responsibility. Since this was your idea, you have to call the adults. She's like, okay. <laughs> so she's like on the phone all night, like calling and then, um, calling me you know, calling one and then calling the other and then calling the other one back. And he's like, oh my goodness. But she's so cute. And you know that I cannot tell her no. It's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> she's so fun. She, she is pretty We cute. should switch. You can take mine and I'll take yours. <laughs> it's really funny because she was watching some of the TikToks. She's like, I want to see all the TikToks she made. I was like, okay. And she goes back and she looks at them. She's like, wait, what are those other ones that Pauline did? And she looks at them. She's like, Eva's so cute. She's like, she's just so adorable. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, <laughs> there are kids. They're just, they're super funny. And, you know, the fact that they're not at the same school anymore, I think is way better for their relationship. Yeah. Caden gets all the dirt from Eva now. It's I funny. know they gossip about people that the other one doesn't even know who they are. Like Kaden talks about her friends, Neva talks about her friends, and we talk about them on our podcast. So that's right. I know <laughs> I totally got called out on that. You talked about us on your podcast. I'm like, I didn't even know that you listened to it. So whatever. <laughs> I know. Crazy kids. Um, all right. Angie is going to be gone from the 19th through the 30th. So we may or may not record one episode together next week. And then she's gone for at least three of them. It just depends on how busy you are next Tuesday. And Angie and I are currently working on Patreon and merch. What we've decided is we really don't want to upload ads, but our time is worth something. And we do spend several hours per week on research and doing our posts and doing our podcast. So we are working on Patreon and merch and hopefully we'll have it up the beginning of November. What we want to know is as Patreon subscribers, because a lot of you have contacted us and asked us if we're going to do a Patreon, what do you guys want? Do you want uh, ad-free podcasts? Because we can make them with ads for everyone else and then you pay a fee for them to be ad free do you want extra contact do you want a sticker do you want to be mentioned on the podcast message us let us know you can message us on social media 
you can leave us a message on Anchor. You can even leave us a recording on Anchor, or I think you can do it on Spotify as well. And you can also email us at crimecoffee at hotcrimecoldcoffee.com. You guys listen to us, so we want to have your input about what we're going to do with our Patreon. We do know that we want to do at least one live episode a month. We don't know if we want it to be themed or talk about certain cases or whatever. So again, your feedback is extremely important to us. All right, what coffee do we have going on today, Angie? I know you were going to send some with Neva this morning or this afternoon, but I don't think I got it. I didn't check her backpack. No, I um, I suck, so <laughs> I didn't send it to you. <laughs> Did you drink it all? No, I didn't. I didn't. Oh, good. I, I do still have some. I did put it in a separate bag for you. I just forgot to give it to Haley to give to the um, get in her backpack. All right. So I don't even know if she has her backpack in the house. I think she just leaves it in her truck. Um, anyway, so we have fire department coffee. It is skull crushing espresso. Uh, this stuff will, will keep you going like all day. Like, this stuff is fantastic. Um, it is a little bit, like, I like my coffee strong. Like I like really good, dark, <laughs> strong coffee. Like, <laughs> Sorry, dirty thoughts there. Like whenever we talk about coffee, there's, oh, <laughs> wow. You went dirty no, before I, keep, I did. I know. No I'm so, I know. Well, we've talked about podcasting days, so, but moving forward. <laughs> anyway, uh, so this is another veteran-owned company. Uh, I looked up their information because I was curious, because most of the time they give like a full breakdown like of their company on the bags, and this one actually didn't do that, which was kind of surprising. Um, so this is a veteran-owned business. It's certified by the National Veteran-Owned Business Association, which I didn't know was a thing. Apparently it is. Um, and they brew their coffee in Rockford, Illinois, by a team of firefighters, first responders, and coffee experts. Uh, so the whole reason that they started this company was to help firefighters and first responders stay alert through their long shifts. And um, the owner is a retired firefighter, paramedic, and a U.S. Navy veteran um, who also teamed up with other firefighters and paramedics um, to, to do all of this stuff. Um, and it's, it's so they're all either active or retired firefighters um, in all of their operations of the business. Um, uh, so they're buying this coffee supports first responders, um, not just fire departments. Um, and they give back to those that have been injured on the job mentally, physically, or who are facing other serious health challenges. So uh, this supports a really good cause and it's really good coffee. And the packaging is amazing. Um, again, which is the entire reason that I bought it because it had cool packaging. And like I said before, that's why I buy the stuff that I buy. I like the packaging, I buy it. So, oh my um, gosh, the packaging is super cool. Yeah, it's a school. It. It's a school with a fire department hat on, but then the eyes are fire department shields. It's a sugar then, school. Do you not know what a sugar yeah, school is? Yeah, it's a sugar school. And then the chin has like fire hoses and nozzles, and there's like an axe and their crowbar and all kinds of stuff. It's, it's just super it's cool. It's super cool looking. It's really cool. I want a t shirt. I'm just sitting here, like I have the bag in my hand. <laughs> I'm just sitting here smelling the coffee. It smells so good. You're creepy. <laughs> like if I, I really want to drink some, but I don't want to be up all night. And I would be. Like I would just be sitting like in bed wired. And it would be well, weird. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to hopefully getting it tomorrow. And if you 
don't get it to Haley. I have to be at the school tomorrow for parent teachers conference. So I will. Like, <laughs> right. I'm just going to tell you about this coffee and just be like, just kidding. You don't actually get to try it. <laughs> I know. I was waiting. I was like, all right, it's going to be there. I can try it out in the morning because I've been waking up at four. I've been at work. Um, yes. It's overtime right now. So because we're so far behind. So I've been going in like I wake up at four gross <clears throat> yeah so um and today was I took a nap at lunchtime I took like a you know 15 minute power nap it was fantastic and lovely but I need some like high caffeine crazy ass coffee oh yeah this this is what you need that'll get me through December all right <sighs> our missing person spotlight is Jonathan Hagen. Yes, from Florida. We're um, alphabetical order by states with the oldest missing person cases, and we are at S. Yay. Uh, Jonathan has been missing since uh, June of 1968 from Jacksonville, Florida. He is considered endangered missing. He's a white male. Uh, and he was three years old when he went missing. Uh, he's wearing blue swim trunks with red stripes, uh, blonde hair, blue eyes, and he had previously fractured his femur. Those were his distinguishing characteristics. He was last seen during a family gathering at Jacksonville Beach in Florida, and they hadn't uh, heard from him since then. They believe that he, the police believe that maybe he had drowned, and then witnesses were saying that uh, they saw him follow his father to the snack bar and his mother believes that he was abducted by a man and a woman standing outside of uh, the establishment. Um, in, in the 1980s, a, a man named David Bonnebel claimed that he might be Jonathan. He was saying that he was kidnapped as a child, uh, raised in isolation by a woman in rural Louisiana, and he claimed to have memories of his childhood that matched the details of Jonathan's life. They did DNA testing and of course, it wasn't him. He was some current artist who made up the kidnap story. Um, he was actually a Mexican national who'd come to the United States illegally and wanted to find an American family to adopt him so he could become a U.S. citizen. What I'm sitting hell? here going, <laughs> so this Mexican dude claimed to be this blonde-haired, blue-eyed child that was um, kidnapped when he was three. <laughs> Sorry. That makes anyway, so, so sense. I know it's ridiculous. So his family believes that he was kidnapped and that he's still alive. There is very little information available on this case. Um, and unfortunately, you know, it is a cold case. It was never solved. And this poor kid's family is just wondering whatever happened to him. He would be 57 today. Uh, so, yeah, his birthday was February, March, April, May. There we go. Yeah, see, I know my months. May 3rd, 1965. So it would be 57. Ooh, crazy. That's all I got. And if you have any information regarding this case, you can contact the Jacksonville Beach Police Department in Florida at 1-904-270-1661. Yeah, I guess that would have been helpful. Yeah, that is kind of important. <laughs> All right, we have no updates on the Valo Dayball case today. Isn't Which is absolutely crazy? amazing. It's absolutely amazing. I, I still don't believe it, honestly. <laughs> However, we, we will tomorrow because there are, two, there are two court dates coming up. There is the one tomorrow that the judge did deny the live audio feed it will be recorded and we will have access to that in the days to come. We won't have it right away unless one of the media outlets like East Idaho News or Crime TV or any of those can get it sooner than later. I'm wondering if the judge wants it reviewed before it gets released to the media. Hopefully they don't redact anything. It is a public I'm hearing. I'm sure they will though. But it's a public hearing. So they may not. Uh, lots of stuff on the table tomorrow. And we did go over this on Friday. But a quick recap. There are for tomorrow. 
we and I even wrote a list so you can hear the paper rustling. I've got John Pryor once the case is separated and severed, the prosecutors had have said there's no grounds. It was argued before, so let it be. He also wants the case postponed, which the January trial was vacated because they're trying to determine if Lori is competent or not. Remember, her competency is being questioned. It doesn't mean that she's incompetent. John Pryor is also requesting that cameras be allowed during the trial in the courtroom. That may change. The judge had said no previously, but if the cases are severed, then maybe that will happen. And remember, John Pryor wasn't even, his opinion wasn't even asked when the motion went before the judge previously. There's the street clothes motion. Previously, the judge had determined that Lori could wear street clothes. John Pryor requested that Chad Daybell be able to wear street clothes. And apparently, um, it's being disputed by the prosecutors. They didn't dispute the one for Lori previously, but now they're disputing this one. And basically what they're saying, well, if it's not streamed, does it really matter if people see him in plains clothes or in jail garb, especially because any of the possible jurors, they won't see him anymore before the trial anyway. Um, there's also the motion for the transcript of the grand jury proceedings in December. Again, the prosecutors have said it doesn't really matter. It wasn't about your client. Who cares? And then the request for live audio, I already said that that was denied. One of the things I wanted to mention about this case is there are a lot of people involved and there's a lot of conflicting information, misinformation, little pieces of information that gets leaked and then blown out of proportion. Just the, a really good example was that on the, you, you can go online and look at like the court proceedings, like if something was filed or um, any changes to the case. And so last week when the judge denied the request of East Idaho News to have a live streaming of the audio, really quick, there was a rumor going around that all media was denied to the hearings this week. Totally untrue, but they had a little piece of information they had media hearing denied or something or media request denied. And that was just for the audio feed, but it turned into this big shit show for just a minute. What does yes. this, this case and <laughs> a shit show does not happen. I'm getting not. your shirt made. Welcome <laughs> to the shit show, Angie. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Okay. It, so before, are you done? with those sure okay so before we get into this have you seen the new tv show alaska daily i did so i <laughs> how can i say this nicely i cannot stand hillary swank like i i don't know what it is about her like i do not care for her as like an actress or like there's just something about her that's very off-putting for me like I just I don't like her but I did watch the show anyway and I was very pleasantly surprised like I think she's probably the best person for this role and the spotlight that they cast on the missing indigenous women and how they are brushed under the rug and how there's really no justice for them like it is absolutely amazing. And like, they don't even pull punches when they talk about it either. They're just like flat out, this is garbage. What's going on? This needs to stop. And I find that very refreshing, especially with how they basically put, you know, like uh, 
what's that saying? Lipstick on a what? Yeah, whatever. And what's that saying? I, have no um, idea. I don't know. A lipstick on a pig and call it pretty kind of a thing. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, like it, it, this, this is not that at all. Like they're not trying to make it like, you know, this whole it's very honest <laughs> not like not like anyway not like yellowstone does things where they're just like they it, they make it fluff like they fluff all of this crap it's not that at all <laughs> it's it's very much just like this is what it is this is a problem let's find out what's going on and like i said i only watched the first episode but i was actually really surprised with how good it was because there's only one episode you have to well, wait until tomorrow to watch the next one I don't like to wait. I'm very I know, neither gratification. Do, neither do I. And that that was the thing is that I was folding laundry and I'd heard a little bit about it. And so I turned it on live and I kept hitting next because I was hoping there was another episode. It was so good. <laughs> and I am so glad that even though it's not a documentary or anything like that, I was really excited that they're bringing this issue to light because like mainstream, right? It's yeah. a major TV network. It's on ABC. It's every Thursday. I'm not sure which time zone. Yeah, but, but even though it's, it's not a every documentary Thursday on ABC, there's a lot of factual information in it, which oh, is nice. Yes. And oh, it's 10 p.m. Eastern time every Thursday. Honestly, the only reason that I watched it live. The only reason that I watched it was because Ryan mm -hmm. was like, hey, I heard of this show. Do you want to watch it? And then he started to play it. I was like, ew, gross. It has Hillary Swank. He's like, do you want to turn it off? I was like, mm, no, you were excited about it. I guess I'll sit here and watch it. But I was okay. glad I did. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm actually I'm really excited to watch the next episode. It's really good. And I actually like a lot of Hillary Swink stuff, but that's just me. I don't have anything All nice right. to say. <laughs> well, that's okay. But you like this show. I do. Um, speaking of documentaries and movies and all of that stuff, the series on Netflix so the dramatized version of Dahmer it's still at number one it's been number one for several weeks now and there's a lot of backlash because apparently a lot of the victims and the victims families were not consulted there was stuff that was mm. misportrayed so it kind of reminded us that we need to try to be as factual as possible here's the thing is that we try to get everything right and sometimes we make mistakes sometimes we have the wrong information it's never with the intent of hurting anyone because this is to educate people right um, with the least amount of impact on victims and victims families so a lot of the times we'll leave out information that we think is too sensitive such as names and things like that because it it, it can be extremely difficult for those families i remember when steven spielberg did the movie munich about the um terrorist attack on the Olympic Village in Munich, I think it was 1976. I can't, re I can't remember when it was, but when he did the movie, the first thing he did is that he consulted with the family members of all of the victims. It was very important to him that they had a voice and an opinion. Um, there were parts that were cut because the families felt that it was either out of context or inappropriate or too private. And my understanding 
And I do know one of the family members that overall the family members were satisfied with the dramatization of the whole incident. So we want to tread lightly and we think that media outlets should, as well as television and production companies, movie production companies, you have to try and get the story right with the least amount of impact on victims and their families. And last but not least, uh, Jolisa Fuentes, she's been missing from in California for two months now. And there was a lot of conversation about how Kylie Rodney, who went missing around the same time, how everyone was so aware of that case, you know, the white woman syndrome. Mm -hmm. And that was maybe one of the reasons why Jalisa had not been found. She was found uh, yesterday. So they found her car more than 400 feet off of a winding California roadway. So it appeared that she had gone off the road and crashed. Now she fell down a cliff, like you went like over the edge of a cliff. And that's, I don't know if people understand how hard it is to find vehicles that have gone off of the road, you know, in, in, uh, in passes and things like that. One of the passes in our area, like Skeltoho, I think mm-hmm. if a car went off of that, no one would ever find it or know that it had gone off. No, because there's not guardrails that are like, and it's narrow. Spe- like, and it's yeah, especially if you look. So if you look at the drone footage of mm-hmm. where this accident happened at, there wasn't any guardrails. It was around a corner that went off of a cliff. And unfortunately in California and here, a lot of places, there are lots of roads that are like that because you know you shouldn't be traveling at a high rate of speed on these roads and that's like their thing that they're just like well you know it's a it's a slower speed limit so there shouldn't be an issue well yeah because everybody follows the speed limit the posted speed limit sign kind of thing or you know heaven forbid that something happens and you know that either they're not paying attention or you know an animal comes out in the road or whatever, which is highly likely in a lot of these rural areas that an animal comes out in a road and people end up going off of cliffs and down these ravines and they're so steep and there's no way that you actually see to the bottom of it unless you stand at the edge of the cliff and look down because these roads are like winding roads that you don't ever come, even when you're driving, you don't come at an angle that you would see down there unless you were specifically looking in that one spot for it. We were, there's a very mountainous windy dirt road called the Magruder Corridor. And a couple years back, we were on it with our side-by-sides. And as we were driving along, there was this motorcycle that was on the wrong side of the road and this road, there's no, there's no, it's not two lane traffic. It is one lane. So you drive super slow. So we almost missed him and we couldn't figure out why he was driving on the wrong side of the road. And we're driving along, we go about 50 feet and Neva starts yelling at me. She's like, I see tracks. I see tracks. You have to stop. And I stop and I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, there's some motorcycle tracks that went off of the road. And I'm looking everywhere. I cannot see anything, but I stop and I walk backwards. And all of a sudden we see this guy's arm come up over the side of the road and we help him up there. How Neva saw this, I have no idea. I have no idea, but his motorcycle was down about 150 feet. And there's no way that anyone would have known that he was there. Like it's dirt. I have no idea how she even saw the tracks because I didn't see any, 
And his friend who had almost run into us, like never even came back to look for him. Like that's besides the point. So yeah, you just have to be careful on those windy dirt or just windy roads in general, because it's so easy to go off of them and no one will ever find you. All right. So last week's episode, we ended with the family, Lori and Tylee and JJ moving to Idaho. Alex and Lori's niece, Melanie, also moved. They all lived in the same apartment complex. But that's not weird. Lori gave people a lot of different information that she was moving to Hawaii, that she had moved to California. And JJ's grandparents had not talked to him since the beginning of August was the last time that they had FaceTimed with him. And they eventually found out that Lori had moved to Idaho, but they weren't sure of the actual address. And it was mentioned in the Dateline episode that they did. I can't remember which one, but they found the address because of the wedding ring that Lori had ordered before Chad's wife, Tammy, had died using her husband Charles's Amazon account. And remember, Charles is deceased. Um, The only person who really knew that they had moved to Idaho was Colby. And he was in the middle of his own stuff because his wife was having a, um, a baby and she was having a lot of medical issues. So he was focused on that. Lori enrolls JJ in Kennedy Elementary School in Rexburg. There were a lot of text messages between Lori and Alex um, talking about what family members were zombies, people's dark and light scale. JJ started school on the 4th at Kennedy Elementary School and apparently Lori hadn't even withdrawn JJ from his school in Arizona before she had enrolled him in Rexburg. For whatever reason, there are pictures that a neighbor took on September 6th of Tylee and JJ with some other child playing outside in the yard when they were asked why they took the photos and this is in Rexburg they said it was odd that kids were playing with stuffed animals in a large puddle so they took a picture of it because it's weird never know it is weird and you know Like like my kids are weird but that's weird that is weird and with kids sometimes those weird things are warning signs so mm-hmm. it's better to take the photo and not have to use it than to not take the photo and wish you had, especially if a child's life is it, you know, life is at stake or their safety. Right. This will be the second to last time Tylee is seen alive. The last time will be on September 8th. Um, on September 7th, Lori and Melanie Gibb publish a podcast episode and I lost my spot here. And the other thing is, is that on the 6th, so this is before Tylee's last known uh, picture was taken and her estimated date of death, but Alex's phone pings at Chad Daybell's house on the 6th. So this is before, this was before Tylee has been estimated to have died. This um, is really like last... the, this is like really the first time too that it shows that 
Alex and Chad have had any kind of communication or connection with each other, like even met anything. Like it would, it's weird that his phone pings at his house. Like, because as far as anyone else knows, there's no reason that they would actually know each other. Like, obviously like him and Lori have a thing, but he's still married at this point. Right. And all of these relationships, like during the investigation, you know, at one point or another, all of the relationships have somebody at one point that said, oh yeah, I don't know that person or Mm -hmm. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, for example, and this was a good point when law enforcement show up at Lori's doorstep in November of 2019, looking for the kids. She's like, oh, Chad is my brother Alex's friend. Well, we all know that he was not just Alex's friend. Right. So, or telling people that she didn't have any kids or that her kid had, you know, her kids had died a year ago back in 2018. So, oh, they were not honest about their relationships. No. None of them were. Tylee's last Instagram post was on September 7th. And her phone last pinged at Yellowstone National Park on September 8th. Law enforcement are able to get footage of JJ walking in front of Old Faithful and there are some pictures this is the last day that Tylee Ryan is seen alive the last they also access some uh, information from Lori's iCloud account with the very last known picture of of Tylee that Lori took. Um, it's all over the internet. We'll post a link in the show notes, but it's Lori, Alex, and JJ in front of Old Faithful. On September 19th, it's the approximate date that Tylee was buried. They don't know if she died on the 8th 19th. or the 9th. But Alex's phone pings at Lori's house. It pings at his house. It pings at Chad's yard on the property. And there is a weird text message. And this was one of the pieces that helped law enforcement figure out where the bodies were because Chad didn't really text a lot. And when he did text, he didn't go into detail, but he sent a weird text to his wife, Tammy, who's still alive in the beginning of September. And it says, well, I've had an interesting morning. I felt I should burn all of the limb debris by the fire pit before it got too soaked by the coming storms. While I did so, I spotted a big raccoon along the fence. I hurried and got my gun and I was still walking along and he was still walking along. I got close enough that one shot did the trick. He is now in our pet cemetery. Fun times. So that helps tip law enforcement (laughs) off. I know. I, I know. apparently nobody ever taught him that you know if you're gonna lie keep it simple like this is the most ridiculous story like he went into entirely too much detail like just yeah well and not even that the other thing is (sighs) raccoons are mainly nocturnal right and they run away i see you like yes it wouldn't have stuck around but not even that and then it, why would you bury it in the pet cemetery? Yes. Ex- well, I don't know. 
I mean, I wouldn't bury a raccoon. I'd just throw it on the burn pile. I would throw it on the burn pile, the too, with everything yeah. else I was burning. Well, apparently Chad did something with the burn pile. Um, if you guys are not familiar with this case, when they did find Kylie, um, she had been, and the disclaimer, like, if you are sensitive, you might want to go five minutes forward on this episode, but they found Tylee dismembered and burned. So the pet cemetery was where she was located and her body was burned. And in his text message, he talked about the pet cemetery and he talked about burning. So and he talked about that, shooting the gun. He did, but nobody knows, nobody knows how the kids kids died. They don't know cause of death. And I don't even know if that has been determined. But for Tammy, that has not yet been released. And it hasn't been right. released for the kids too. So but wasn't there a neighbor that wasn't there a neighbor? There was a neighbor a gunshot. No. It, there was a neighbor who said it was very odd that they were burning so much that time of year but again when a hearsay and b when facts come up people tend to elaborate you know like okay media request denied right well that turned into oh my gosh media aren't allowed in the courtroom no, it was just the audio request was denied for live streaming. We're still going to get the audio. Media is still allowed in the courtroom. Do you see what I'm getting at? Yeah. So that that is all circumstantial evidence, but it's tying him to that place, to that time, him and Alex. It'll be interesting to find out what role Alex did play because he's dead so there's really no one to tell his side of the story there's people suspect and it's rumored that everyone's going to try to pin everything on Alex um John Pryor has even stated that he's going to bring up you know past bad stuff that Lori and Alex did so who knows but it does tie them all to the spot where Kylie was found both of them both Alex and Chad um you are right about the gunshot but nobody again nobody knows if there really was a gunshot that was heard or if if anything no nobody really knows and all of this stuff is going to come out in the trial so and i think that that um the neighbor that supposedly heard the gunshot was also the same one that had talked about the fires but in the indictments and stuff like that it hasn't really been brought up mm-hmm. to my knowledge so again it might just be hearsay and rumors so we'll see how that plays out um there's a lot more text messages emails and things like that a lot are from burner phones Um, a photo of JJ on the 14th, a photo of JJ in Yellowstone Bear World was stored in Lori's phone. That's one of the last photos of JJ. And it's unclear if they went to Bear World the same time that they went to Yellowstone. I get Yellowstone Bear World and Yellowstone Park confused. They are not the same place. Yellowstone Bear World is just outside of Rexburg. And Yellowstone 
is about, I think the entrance is about an hour to an hour and a half from Rexburg. Yeah, I think so. Right on the other side of Grand Teton mm -hmm. National Park. Yeah. Um, there's some interviews going on also in September. The Chandler Police Department is continuing to investigate Charles's death. And in September is when they interview Alex's first wife, Debbie. There's yep. not a lot known about her, but she did bring up that Lori and Alex may have had a sexual relationship. Gross. Yes. Lori and Melanie continue with their podcast episodes. They record another one on the 16th of September. On the 17th of September, Brandon Boudreaux, Melanie Boudreaux's uh, soon-to-be ex-husband at the time, um, he let Kay know that he had seen JJ and that JJ was okay. Melanie also at that same time asked Brandon about his new address. And my understanding is that he did not want to give it to her. He was very concerned about his kids and eventually he'll go into hiding, which will lead it to Melanie's uh, domestic violence charges. On September eighteenth, go did ahead. Did she have custody of the kids, or did he? No, he did. He did. He oh, requested gotcha. full custody. My understanding is he got it before she moved to Idaho. She did not gotcha. move to Idaho with her kids. They were with Brandon. Gotcha. And remember, in I think it was June. No, it was in September. So. Brandon filed for divorce from Melanie in June. And if I'm wrong, I'll correct this next episode. And in September is when the attempted shooting was. Lori hires a nanny on September 18th. And she comes to the house for the first time to babysit JJ. Lori tells the nanny that her husband died of a heart attack in Arizona and that her daughter was going to school in Rexburg. This was on the 18th of September. And the nanny said that as far as she knew, Tylee came intermittently. She didn't see her and it appeared that only Lori, Lori and JJ lived there. Kay's hmm. still trying to get a hold of JJ and still isn't able to. The nanny comes back <coughs> again. And I encourage you guys to look at the analytics timeline. Um, there's a lot of information from the 18th and the 19th that could be important, but we're trying to stick to the timeline and not the little stuff right now. Um, but there's some ob observations um, by the neighbors and by the nanny of stuff going on in Lori's, Lori's house. Um, the nanny apparently only was there two times and then she was let go the following week and was told that JJ had moved to Arizona with his grandmother. On September 23rd, Melanie Gibb visits Lori in Rexburg. 
they record another podcast. David Warwick, Melanie Gibbs' boyfriend, also comes to Rexburg. They stay with Lori. David in his uh, in his testimony during the indictment, both he and Melanie said that the last day that they saw JJ was the 23rd of September and that Lori had been very upset saying that JJ was a zombie because he was acting crazy. He climbed up on the fridge and knocked down her picture of Jesus. They saw Alex carrying JJ in his red pajamas, which um, that the last picture of JJ is in his red pajamas. And um, they found his body with him wearing his red pajamas. So again, that, that ties into the timeline. Those red pajamas are extremely important. They, you know, taking a kid off of his meds who clearly needs them. Isn't right. going to make him act crazy because that's, that's, he hadn't been. And we'd mentioned this previously. His la, his prescription was last filled in January or February. And most of his medication was still in the bottle depending on. So because we do, we do know that it's for ADHD, but we don't know how it was prescribed. It could have been prescribed as a as needed medication. And maybe it wasn't needed. It could have been a daily. We don't know. So Most, that's something to think about too. I've seen yeah. it as a PRN and I've seen it as a daily medication. So it depends on what it was for. And but if it was serious enough that he for. had a service dog, I mean you think it would be a daily it could be but again without knowing seeing the medical records we don't know so there could could, we don't know it's it is definitely an assumption she could have medically neglected him she obviously neglected his basic needs by stability routine which is known to help those on the autism spectrum yeah and she took him away from everything that he knew. She took away his dog. She took away his dad. She took away his grandparents. He's in an unknown place. Tylee's already gone. That poor baby, that chaos that he must have been going on in his head before all of this, mm-hmm. you know, before they killed him. Oh, that poor kid. Um, so David and Melanie, they last saw JJ on the 23rd. Alex was carrying him in his red pajamas. The next day they asked Lori where JJ was. And she said that Alex had taken him because he was being a zombie. Um, Warwick testified that he didn't believe Lori's story but he didn't think to call it in for a welfare check. Something was definitely off. Both Melanie and David seemed to notice something was weird, but they didn't do anything about it. Um, Alex's phone pings at Chad's property on the 23rd near the pond where JJ's val- where JJ's remains were discovered um, the same day as Tylee's in June of 2020. Um, another important piece of information from September 23rd is that there are two photos of ammunition at the gun shop that are saved to Lori's phone. Um, trying to think if there's anything else. The amount of Venmo transfers. I know it's really bizarre. 
is like or Tylee to Colby is really weird but I don't know how those play into it I need to do a little bit more research on that I don't know if it's showing that Lori is stealing money and we don't even know if Colby accessed his Venmo account it could have been a dummy account you know like but it's um, like every it's like every couple of days yep but remember, he was having, his wife was having some medical issues, so it could have been for that. But I don't know the exact importance of those yeah. uh, Venmo transfers. And they may not even be important. They could be to the theft charges yeah. um, and the fraud charges. But we really won't know again until the trial. And there is a lot of stuff that's being kept under wraps. Uh, September 24th was Riley or was Tylee's 17th birthday and there's no social media posts from her birthday and normally you know when kids have their birthday they're like woo I mean even you and I you know yeah, we post about teenagers. our birthdays on our stupid Facebook um I mean I don't but you know <laughs> and on the well I do on <laughs> September I like my birthday on Facebook it's like the best day ever because I get hundreds of messages it's amazing I just don't go on Facebook very often anymore. I do. I do, but it's because my family is spread out all over the world and my family's ginormous. So there that's you fair. Go. That's fair. All right. Also, we're going to wrap a, up. Oh, go ahead. I said also mine's like a birthday week too. Like I remind everybody the week of my birthday. It's my birthday in a couple of days. Hey, don't forget my birthday's in a couple of days. <laughs> hey, Angie, my birthday is in three weeks. <laughs> Just throwing that out there okay all right <laughs> all right good you're gonna tell me next week yeah well yes and good, you will it. be back in time for my birthday Woo-hoo. all right uh also on the 24th of september Lori tells the babysitter that jj went to live with his or went to stay with his grandma for several weeks and she was in hawaii so the babysitter services wouldn't be needed anymore so she's already giving different stories of where JJ is at already. And that was the 24th of September. The fact that she didn't need the babysitter on the 24th because JJ was already gone. Uh, the 25th of September, Alex's phone pings at Chad's house. He's only there for 17 minutes. Um, his phone does not ping in the backyard where Tylee and JJ were buried. That doesn't mean he wasn't in the backyard because the when your phone pings, and I uh, was learning about that today. I can't remember what, what I was reading or whatever, but when your phone pings, it doesn't always pick up this exact location to that very spot. It's like you use, uh, you and I use the Onyx app. Yeah. And it gets pretty close to your location. Yeah. But it, dep- it depends on how far out you are and all that other stuff. It too. sure does. And if your map yep. downloaded or not or whatever. Yeah. Um, General proximity. Yes. Colby on the 28th of September, Colby gets a weird text. Um, he has a weird text exchange with Tylee and um, he later mentions on Dr. Phil that it did not sound like her. He asked her to call him because he thought something was wrong, but he never heard back from her. And... We're going to end it right there, the end of September, because we're already getting close to an hour, or we might even be over an hour. I think we're like right there at an hour. Good deal. So um, next week's episode will be, not next week. Why do I always say that? That I always you know, because this is Wednesday, <laughs> Wednesday's episode. So Friday's episode will be all about October, which will be about uh, 
Tammy's death and everything that happened in October. And then um, we'll do November next week. Don't forget to subscribe, follow, rate, share, tweet, Insta, everything that you've got. It just helps us so that we can continue to do what we're doing. And I think that's it. Angie, anything to add? Mm, no. Did I forget anything? I don't think so. I think you pretty much covered it all. Woohoo! All right. We will see you guys on Friday. Bye.